Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. I'm an addict and alcoholic. This is a show for other addicts and alcoholics and also for their families and for anyone who knows us. If this is your first time listening, we have over 300 episodes in the bank. You can go back and listen to all of them. If you can't get to a meeting right now, which is completely understandable, you can go back and listen to any of our episodes. Please do. We welcome you. And if you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and like us because it makes me happy. So today on the show, we welcome back friend of the show, Doug H., And the special thing about today's episode is that he is joined by his wife, Kim, who is also in recovery. This is the first time we've actually had a couple on the show, two people who are both in recovery. So this is really cool. And I can't think of another couple I'd rather have on than them. And I'm really excited to share their story with you guys. Let's hear how they're doing in quarantine. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Doug, it's nice to see you again. Kim, it's nice to see you for the first time. Nice to meet you. Uh, Doug, last time you were on the show, you came back after after a relapse, which, of course, is really a dear story to my heart because I have had to come back multiple times. And um, that was a big deal, and that was a really good show. And um, thank you for coming back, and thank you for bringing your wife. And thank you for having us. This is the, this is the warden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, yeah, thank you for coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's funny because I hear so many people are talking about like how lonely and sad they are in, um, you know, in quarantine. And I'm like, well, being a couple in quarantine, because that's what I'm, you know, we live in like one bedroom loft in San Francisco. I'm like, that's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. It certainly is. It really is. I think it's better though being a couple than at least some of my friends that are live alone and are so isolated. It's definitely, you know, they're really struggling because, mm-hmm. you know, at least we have the kids and each other and Yeah. I mean it's basically like you're on a family vacation kind of. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> so are you both working from home right now and like still working or has anything slowed down or changed? Yeah, I'm laid off. You know, I, I work uh, now in the funeral business and, and uh, you know, I have an underlying uh, case. It's a COPD, you know, uh-huh. with the lungs. And so it puts me at risk and they're bringing, you know, bodies in, you know, with the COVID-19. And so I had to get away from there. And so I've been put on, uh, on disability as a result of that. Or as what we're calling it, the honey-do list. Honey-do list, exactly. <laughs> oh, you mean you're doing stuff around the house? That's oh, right. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like telling you what to do. I was like, what? <laughs> no, no. I'm working, but I'm giving him a list of what to do. Oh, good. Yeah, there has to be some way to make it work. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're getting a lot done. Uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, in recovery, it's, it's, it's a very difficult time for everybody, you know, and, and Luckily, you know, we're both in recovery, so it's a little bit easier for us to kind of feed off each other. We've known each other for so long, you know, we kind of know when, when uh, you know, who's off and who's, who's on their game. And so we have a lot of support and we have a whole bunch of friends out here in the greater San Jose area that we can, you know, call and, and we have a lot of Zoom meetings all around the world. Mm-hmm. I was just in a meeting yesterday in Dublin. It was the craziest thing. Dublin, Ireland. It was incredible. Oh, that is so cool. I haven't oh, been not. to Europe yet, but I've been to like New York. I've gone to New Orleans. I, like, I've been to Arkansas. <laughs> I went to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think that's been really great is being able to see people that 
have moved away on our meetings or be included in their meetings. So that's been really good to stay connected. But it's a little bit, you know, it's going to, it was great in the beginning, but it's getting a little bit old. Like you want to kind of just get out and about, but. I know, I know, I know. I feel the same way. It's like when I see people that are just coming into recovery for the first time, I'm so like, I don't know how they're doing that. It's, I mean, it's amazing. Cause I can't imagine if this was what recovery was to me when I first came into the rooms, how different it would be. Right. No, I mean, the options are endless, but. They are, but there's, you know, there's newcomers that uh, don't have access to a phone, don't have access to internet. You know, we have one friend of ours that is, uh, is serious in, in serious trouble with clean time, you know, can't get out of the house, has some mental illness, and, but it, she doesn't have the, the, the means to, to come to these meetings. Uh, she doesn't have any support in, in that little area she's in, and it's sad. Yeah. You know, so we stay on the phone with her, you know, we, we, you know she calls us and reaches out, but we're kind of limited to that. You know, right. we're limited to, to you know, the, the phone or, and, and the internet for us. But if she doesn't have it, I don't, you know, I, I couldn't, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I, I really don't. Oh we, my God. we listened to a, a friend of ours chaired a meeting yesterday and talked about this being like a Petri dish uh, for addiction. It's, it's for like, relapse, the, it's, right? it's a perfect storm, you know, because right. really the disease is. of addiction is all about isolation. And, and, and this is kind of where we're at. We're isolated into this environment. and so. For, for us, myself and my wife here, you know, it's, we got to stay busy. We have to stay active. We have to stay on these meetings. It'd be real easy to just, you know, turn on Netflix, which we've done. <laughs> we're, we're locked into that Shameless uh, uh, show. If you've ever seen Shameless, it's the craziest thing. It's like a story about addiction. It really is, you know. Producer Shar has been telling me to watch that for so long, and I don't know why I haven't yet, but now I have all the time in the world, so yeah, I'll probably yeah. start we're watching We're on season it. eight. Yeah. <laughs> But it'd be it really- easy to be stuck there, you know, and you, and you, you know, you get comfortable, at least I do. It's easy for me to get comfortable and, and I lose track of, you know, what got me here in the first place, what got me into recovery, what keeps me clean. Right. And so yeah. uh, I'm a phone call away from everybody, but I'm a, I'm one decision away from taking something. I really yeah. am. And I have me to really too. remember that. Me yeah. too. I was talking to my mom about that today and she was saying, you know, I keep thinking you're fixed. You know, and, and you know, and she's forgetting that, you know, like she went to Al-Anon for a little while and then she was like, oh, I don't, she's good. I don't, what do I need Al-Anon for? You know, and then it's like, she, she was talking about how she forgets that it's something that I have to do literally every hour of every day or I can immediately go back. Like there is no fixed. Yeah. Yesterday, someone was also saying, you know, you, you relapse way before you pick up. So I think it'll be interesting to see how people come out of this, right? Mm-hmm. The people that had the regular routine, getting back into that regular routine. Mm-hmm. And now if you are before this, if you were missing from meetings or you weren't there, people would notice. But now it's going to be all mixed up. So I think that some people will get, you know, lost in the um, chaos and not have not having the accountability and the connection to everybody that we're used to. Absolutely. I, I started a little, like I have a little uh, group of girlfriends and we make sure to meet each other at a meeting twice a week. You know, we'll do whatever we're doing by ourselves, you know, for the rest of the week. And then we'll make sure for, for at least two meetings a week that we meet, we see each other's faces and, you know, cause we know each other. Like I could show up loaded at a meeting in Nebraska and nobody's going to know. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like what you're saying about the relapse starting long before you pick up, I've noticed that happening for me. Um, 
that I, I mean, I haven't picked up, but I have gotten into the behavior and let it sit for like two weeks until I've been fit to be tied, as my grandmother used to say, just miserable <laughs> yeah. and crazy and angry. And it's just like, you know, oh, I need to go to a meeting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't don't know where to get the, the links to these Zoom meetings. You know, for, for us, the greater San Jose area, we have a, you know, the, the area website that has all the meetings and we have a lot of support that constantly throughout the day sends us, hey, uh, here's the link for this meeting. Here's a link for the meeting in, in Mexico. Here's a link for the meeting in Dublin, Hawaii. Ireland, Hawaii, yeah. you know, the, and, and in our area, you know, we have uh, our home group is the Willow Glen home group, which is oh, yeah, I've been there. Friday nights at six o'clock. Yeah. All of our friends go there. And, and that's kind of like, uh, like, Social. yeah, it's, it's like our little stepping stone, you know, like regardless of how the day is, you know, chaotic or, you know, we get into our heads for whatever reason, or we, and we don't fight. That's the craziest thing. We just don't. But if we get into <laughs> in that clean. mindset, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I wasn't clean, it's a different story. <laughs> but we go to that meeting and all of a sudden, like we see our friends and everything kind of, you know, eases up, you know, we, we feel, um, free. We feel at home, you know, it, it, we get to, we get to just, you know, be with our friends, even though it's not, you know, next to each other and we can't hug. It's just nice to see a, a, a face in recovery. It really is. Oh, yeah. Especially one know. that you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the newcomers, you know, what, what that's, you know, what the solution is to that. I don't know, you know, yeah. outside of posting our phone numbers on, on social media or, or trying to get in connection with these people. I, I don't know how to, you know, get past that. I don't know how they get past that. I don't you know. because There's such a, there's, you know, at all the meetings I go to, well, most of them anyway, it's like if you're a newcomer and you didn't get a chance to share or you need to talk to somebody, stick around for fellowship afterwards. Right, how right. do you do that now? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like. Well, and people, I think people are not going to raise their hand in that environment and feel yeah. as, you know, you can see a newcomer across the room and you go over and gather them up. Where here, I think people are probably getting lost, uh, unless it's a smaller meeting or something. You know, yeah. a lot of meetings are huge. And for the people that have been around here for a while, it's easy to to kind of just just sit in the back row, you know, on online, right? Don't yeah. raise your hand, you know. And, and you know, when you go to a meeting and you see one of your friends that are off, you know, when they're you know a little sideways, you can see it. Yeah, you can see it in their eyes, you know. And that's kind of what I'm missing, you know, that accountability piece for myself. You know, yeah. if I'm not, not in the right place, I've got a bunch of friends of mine that are going to be like, dude, what, what, what is going on with you? You know? Yeah. Exactly. Like they can see your face and they can see your expression and they know what's going <laughs> on. I mean, I, when I was talking about the behavior, you know, it was like, I felt like it's like, you know, I'll go to like days and like not wash my hair and not put any makeup on. And like, there's been a couple of times, like I joined a meeting. I'm like, I'm not using video. I don't want to see me. I'm in bed. You know, and then it's like after two days of not doing the video, I'm like, I can't do that. I have to be be accountable and I have to show my face. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that's helped me is the, the same routine, right? I mean, it's easier for me because I'm still working and I'm working like very regularly Monday through Friday, but even just, you know, going to the park at lunch every day with the dog or, you know, getting up and showering, going to the same meetings that we regularly go to, like having that schedule and staying on that that schedule is helping, I think, to maintain some consistency. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. And for some reason, that's the easiest thing for me to lose is the schedule. 
You know, that's yeah. why I always did so good in rehab and then so bad when I got out. <laughs> that's why. I'm like what's considered a chronic relapser. It's like I'm on like a routine and a schedule, but I have such a hard time doing that by myself. I think I would for sure by myself. He's very routine and scheduled. So I would definitely like be sleeping through my normal stuff. But with him, it's easier. I think that accountability helps. Right having to show up and be somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, and then both of you know each other and you've both, you know, been through addiction and you're in recovery. So you know what to look for. You know, yeah, my yeah. situation is a little different. I'm, I'm married to somebody who's not one of us. So mm, you know, yeah. we're in totally different worlds, but you know, it's, 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 yeah, it takes work. It totally yeah. takes work to understand each other and to be like, I have to do this and that, and it has to be that way, or I'm going to freak out. Yeah. 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 You, you brought up a good point on the, on the, you know, when you were in rehab, there was that set schedule and that's kind of why uh, those set schedules are in rehab to kind of teach us the value of consistency and accountability, those things. And, and this is a perfect uh, storm uh, to, uh, to get me away from that. You know, I'm clean today, you know, after that relapse because of, of a schedule, because of accountability, because of routine. And if I get off that routine, I get funky, man. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just get funky, you know. And yeah. she sees it before I do, for sure. You know. Same here. Yeah. yeah. Same with say my husband sees it before I do too. He's like, something's wrong with you, and I'm like, how do you know? Right. You know. And then when I think about it, I'm like, it is something is wrong with me. Yeah, and I get all defensive, and she's like, really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, me too. I get defensive too. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why would I think you're lying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've never done that before. Yeah. Kim, how long have you been clean? Since this is your first time on the show, can I just get a little backstory? I just, yeah, I just had 15 years. Mm-hmm. So. Puzzles off. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and I relapsed uh, after my first year, but I've been clean since then. So I got clean in 2005. And uh, Doug and I have been married for seven years Mm -hmm. and we've been together for about 11 years so most of that time we've been together in recovery Mm -hmm. I grew up in San Jose I uh, was a late bloomer in my addiction so I didn't get into drug where drugs became a problem for me until I was probably about almost 30 maybe 28 30 so I was already probably yeah about 25 I was already through college and working so, um, and then it became a problem. So a little different story. And then yeah. quickly within, you know, I spent 10 years of in addiction and uh, losing everything and going to jail and mental hospitals and the whole, whole nine yards. And did you go to a, a treatment center the first time or the second time? <laughs> I went to multiple centers. I went to jail first, and from jail, I went to a treatment center. So it was mandated, mm-hmm. and then to an SLE. And so that was, I only went through one treatment center, though. Right. She yeah. likes to climb trees in her addiction. She likes to climb trees under the influence of methamphetamine. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I fell out of a tree, and that's pretty much what got me clean. So I fell out of a tree. I was uh, I had relapsed after eleven months clean, and I was uh, went to jail. Well, yeah, went to jail. Went to the mental hospital twice in one day. Got out. Went. Climbed up into a tree to see if I could get my ex-boyfriend's car because I was going to steal it. And um, I woke up 
three and a half weeks later in the mental health or in Valley Med Hospital uh, with a broken leg and a broken back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you fell out of the tree and then don't remember anything after that? No, I don't remember anything. And so, yeah, so I had six surgeries from that time. And, uh, you know, there was a chance that I would have been paralyzed, but I wasn't. So it was definitely a life-altering experience. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and did you guys meet in the rooms? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's she cool. was in a, she, when she came in, she was in a body cast and, and, and the girls, the women of the fellowship would push her around, you know, and, 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 you know, perfect example of, you know, I, I see some people say, uh, you know, it's too hard for me to get to meetings. You know, I, I have to walk to a bus stop, whatever. She was in a body cast. Yeah. Going to meetings regularly. You know what I mean? Yeah. The remind me to never say that in front of you, Kim. Yeah. I always say, <laughs> oh, please. But you want to hear the craziest thing about that story? And it, I still just trip out on it. So there was a guy uh, that was in one of the treatment centers and I used to go and pick up guys from different treatment centers and get them to meetings, you know, the newcomers. And this one guy, um, I picked him up. And he just like locked into the meetings. It was a men's meeting. I took the guys to nobody else. None of the other guys wanted to go to a men's meeting because it's a men's meeting, but he yeah. was all about it, you know, and he went and I think, what does he got now? Does he have he has 16 years, 16 years clean. He has 16 years clean. He was the guy that, that was trying to steal she was trying car. to steal his car. It was her ex-boyfriend. No. How crazy is that? Oh my. Yeah. And does yeah. he know that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it took us a while to put those, put those pieces together. But it was funny when we did, you yeah. know, when we figured it out. It was hilarious. I don't really think I was trying to steal his car. I had a key. So <laughs> he told me I couldn't take it, but I had the key. <laughs> you remember what the tree was about? Were you spying? It was a, two houses on a long driveway, and I had already been told, don't come here again or we'll call the cops. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was going to see if I could get the car out without, like, where was the car in the driveway? You know, that whole thing. Yeah. Insanity. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. I've had ideas like that. I've never actually climbed a tree because I'm too lazy. Oh yeah, I've climbed. Yeah, I wouldn't even be able to get up the trunk. So, I mean, still today, really, if I see like a um, Scott, like a, a crane or something, I my first thought is still like, oh, I could climb that. So. <laughs> You're a climber. I'm a climber. She's a climber. No fear. Like we went, we went to a, a, a sober softball tournament, uh, world tournament in Vegas, and she jumped off the stratosphere. She jumped off the damn stratosphere. It's like that, that big bungee jump. That thing's like 1,400 feet in the air. And she, I just hear this loud scream. Ah! <laughs> she jumped oh, off. my God. I, I'm scared to death of just if I stand on top of the, of the roof, I'm, <laughs> I'm tripping, you know? Yeah, so she likes heights and likes to climb. Right. I can imagine why you do that for the feeling. Like, I like roller coasters and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but... But definitely not climbing or anything where I could possibly fall and land on my face. Yeah. I've never bungee jumped before. Although that does sound exciting. But you said that was, a, was that a sober retreat? Is that what you said? It's a, it's, so we're into uh, sober softball and it's really taken off. You know, there's a guy in the, in the San Jose Fellowship. They put together uh, this uh, CSNA uh, world softball tournament. And, and we have one in Palm Springs and we have one in Las Vegas. And there's 117 teams on the last one with, you know, 12 person per team, everyone clean and everyone's, you know, going out to eat and playing softball and going to, you know, going to a big meeting and just having a great time, you know, and, and that's kind of something that has really helped me stay clean, you know, that environment. And I've gotten new friends, got to meet people from around the United States, 
a really neat thing. So uh, if anybody's listening and they want to play some softball, man, come and play because it's all, it's easy to, to get in touch with any of us. Uh, just, just post on Facebook, hey, I want to play some softball. And we'll lock you in. We'll really in, man. And it's guys and girls? Yep. I might like to do that once this is all over. Oh, like, I don't know when the last time I played a sport was. Yeah. Well, it's all in lockdown now. I mean, the world tournament got canceled because of this COVID-19 thing. And so everything's affected. You know, every, everybody's life's kind of, you know, flipped sideways, upside down. Um, but the one thing that stays consistent is what we need to do to stay clean. It, it, ha- it has to stay consistent. At least for us, it does. Right. And that means, you know, again, you know, making a phone call, you know, doing the, doing the steps, you know, calling the sponsors, staying accountable and just staying active. And that's not necessarily always about, uh, you know, just uh, recovery based stuff. A lot of times it's about physical fitness, you know, just getting outside and, and, and walking, you know, and, and uh, we did a, we built a retaining wall in front of the house, me and another guy in recovery and doing that kind of stuff. There's plenty of things to do. Yeah. Plenty right. of things to do. Yeah. That's been the hardest thing for me, you know, living in, in downtown San Francisco. There, there's no grass. There's nothing but people screaming at themselves when you go outside and alleys and people smoking crack. And, it, you know, like it's there's just it's I would actually have to drive if I wanted to go anywhere where I could like take a walk. You know, like I have to drive to Golden Gate Park, which is nowhere near here. And I don't even know yeah. if I can get in there now. But but yeah, that that was the first thing that was hard for me is because I was in this really set routine of like I get up, I check my email. And I go to the gym and like the gym, like I had started lifting weights and I was feeling really strong and good, you know, and then work all day and then go to a meeting at night. And, you know, then two, two of things that I do for work are no longer there. And now it's just one and I have all this time and there's no gym. And I'm like, I don't know how to exercise without the gym. Like I've been literally going up the stairs in the building. We've got a gym coming to our house. Yeah, so me too. I use, I like to go to the gym all the time. And actually, even after the beginning of the lockdown, the where we were, where we live, had a gym with just like a one weight machine, an elliptical, and a treadmill. And that was open for a couple of weeks, so I was really excited about that. I'd go in with my mask and my gloves and everything, and no one was there. But then when that locked down, now we've uh, purchased Tonal. It's called T O N A L. And it's a thing that's going to come, it's delivered and it's on the wall and it's video classes and stuff, but out of it comes the weight resistance and the arms and the legs. And it's a whole like, uh, uh, weightlifting thing. It's like a video too. You have your own personal trainer and you, and you do things with the personal trainer. It's, it's supposed to be really neat. And it's called tonal. Uh Yeah. Oh, I have got, I, yeah, we need some home equipment or something. Yeah. So this is yeah. just something you put on the wall and then you can use it. It's like, it's, it's a resistance. It's actually like arms come out of it and it does weight resistance. It's computerized. It's, it looks pretty cool. I'm excited. I went to the storage and got my weights and my um, like bands and stuff, but they're still over there in the cart crate that I brought <laughs> from the storage. <laughs> it's much harder to do on your own than going to the gym. I know. Because like if you're in the gym, you're not just going to sit there and watch TV. You know, you're just going to do what you have yeah. to do so you can get out of there. Yeah. If you're home, it's like, yeah, I should do that. But yeah. It's, it's much been helpful to me to get outside and go for a walk every day, like just that sunshine and being out. That's really helped. My work is really, really great about, um, you know, scheduling virtual walks and like the, the gym from work that they've been scheduling things. So there's been a lot of 
uh, opportunities through work and through the online stuff for us to stay involved and stay moving and all that kind of stuff. So it's been good. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, when you guys like, as far as like, you know, the stuff you have to do and your programs and everything, do you guys do that together? Since you're both in the program, like, do you do meditation together? Do you do, or do you do everything separately? I've always been curious about that. We do everything separately. I mean, we're, we come from the cloth where the women get clean with the women, men with the men. I'm not saying that they're, that we don't talk about recovery, you know, like sometimes at night, you know, we'll have, we'll have discussions, you know, especially like on my side when, when, you know, through the relapse, when things were kind of, well, not kind of, when things were really funky, <laughs> right? It, it, uh, it, it brought a lot of fear, I think, uh, to Kim. And so, you know, we have these little discussions sometimes at night, kind of like a check-in type of thing that we do really well. But outside of that, and we used to, we've gone through stages where we read just for today in the morning together. Um, and then we usually have a couple meetings a week that we go to together. Mm -hmm. But we've kind of flipped. Like now he's a service junkie. So mm -hmm. he's involved at the area level and the events level and all kinds of stuff. And I really have, I have like five sponsees and one service commitment where, so it's kind of switched where before right. he had. Yeah, he had one and I had six. Yeah, so. it's definitely a role reversal for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to do that when you come back because like you got to fill your time with everything. It's like that's what like after I said, like when I've gone through depressions and, and stuff since we've been in quarantine, like like I had I went to a retreat over the weekend with my sponsor oh. basically and went to like three or four meetings a day. And I needed that. Like, it's like you, I just, sometimes you need a reboot because sometimes like you just get so lost, you feel like a newcomer again and you have to act okay. like one. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think other than socially, we do stuff socially together, but not really our recovery. Right. But socially, I mean, like our 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 social life is recovery. Right. Like all of right. our friends, we don't have friends that are using. We just don't. We don't have friends that drink occasionally or shoot heroin socially. You know, none of that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But all of our friends are in recovery, and it, it that's it. It's really easy for us, you know, to to reach out and, and get the help we need. And, and that's why I'm so fearful, you know, for the newcomer. They don't have that, you know. And, and so we try, you know, when we're in meetings uh, and we see a newcomer, you know, say, hey, I, I'm new. I only have like, you know, a couple days clean or a day clean. In the chat box, we put our phone numbers in there and, and, and hope that maybe, you know, they can, they can call or give them a little out. avenue to reach out to. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, it's, there's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It really is. And then there, then there's the whole thing. I go back and forth for like I'm in a meeting and it's a really big meeting, you know, and if there's a newcomer and I want to reach out, I'm always so weirded out about putting my number anywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like what if they're not a newcomer? What if there's somebody who's just there to steal people's identities? Like It's like so much weird stuff happens. Like, I don't know. Uh, did you guys, have you guys dealt with the Zoom bombing situation at all? Yeah. 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 Have you actually seen it happen? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yes. only once though, right? Twice. I've only seen it once. Yeah, one was like a full on. I didn't on... see it though because I was walking, so I didn't go see through what was going oh, on. Oh, you were listening. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it was a full on, full on porn show. It, it <laughs> oh was, my God. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. So now we have, with all the Zoom meetings, most of them have a password. Right. And so right. you have to have the password in order well, to get Well, and they've, they found a way to block to where you can't share. Like no one else can come in and uh, I don't know if it's because they're muting them or how they're doing know. that, but they found a way to block it. So it's sad. It's sad. 
There's a lot of good, though, I think that's come out of this, too. Like, I think it's all a lot about your perception, right? If you mm. focus on the positive. So I think, you know, like, it's always great to see humanity rise in a time like this, like everybody helping and doing stuff for like the elderly and all that. But also seeing people that have no technology or no ability to do this getting out there and getting on. I think that's great. And, you know, just seeing people rise to the challenge, you know, of how to adapt and, you know, like we had meetings online within the first couple of days. Yeah. All the meetings shifted. So just like watching people be able to adapt and, and move in that direction, I think is, you know, good. I think it's good for people with their families, you know, like really focusing with the kids and spending time with your family. Like I've been saying to Doug, like we've spent more time together over this last month than ever, you know, it's yeah. like simplified our life and doing stuff together that we don't normally have the time to do together. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It is definitely about perception. Somebody sent me something last night, um, uh, along with a gratitude list that was like, it, this is the world stopped just for you. So take this time to get your shit together. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Be okay with yourself so that when this is all over, you know, you can go back and be busy again and that you'll be okay within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look at, I look at, you know, recovery, um, in, in, in order for me to kind of be okay with it. I have to look at recovery as being a learning experience, like opportunities to learn. This is an opportunity for us to learn uh, something new, how to uh, be okay uh, away from meetings and away from what's comfortable. Sounds, sounds comfortable or sounds, sounds uh, familiar to me, right? When I first got clean, I, I, I you know, I needed to, uh, you know, be in a, in, a, in a location or in a place that's comfortable, that's familiar to me. And so coming into recovery could be more unfamiliar uh, for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so coming to these meetings and just kind of learning how to adapt um, is, is a big deal. And that's what recovery is all about, right? Yeah. That's what it's all about. And, uh, and we haven't killed each other. <laughs> no. we, we haven't even wanted to, which is neat. You know, yeah. we've got to spend more time with the dog. The dog loves Our us dog's now. Our dog's really happy about the lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I, somebody posted that today. Like, all dogs think that you quit your job just to spend more time with them. And all the <laughs> right. cats think that you got fired like the loser they always knew you were. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. And I'm sure the dog loves it. I've seen pictures of the dog on Facebook. The dog is adorable. Who hasn't? <laughs> I know. That dog's are really cute. baby. I'm all. Yeah. yeah. He's laying on the ground right by our feet. Yeah. I know. I don't understand. I don't, it's uh, the coolest thing I've heard, I think during the quarantine was, is how many shelters have been emptied. Oh yeah. 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 So many like Santa Rosa um, and some in different States, like so many animal shelters are just were completely emptied and they had never seen oh, it like that before. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cause everybody's going in there adopting all the animals. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Our dog's a, a, a rescue dog. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we uh, went in and, and fell in love with them right away. And, and I think that's the neatest thing, you know, and it's another, uh, thing that recovery's taught us, you know, how to uh, help those that that uh, can't help themselves. And and this dog, you know, was was in a bad situation, a bad place, you know. And we uh, used used what we know in recovery, and we brought this dog into a loving house, and he's everything to us. You know, he's, he's the love of the our lives. Greatest dog now. ever. <laughs> oh, I love I that. Say you love the dog more than you love us. <laughs> 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 I said I was saying that in my meeting because um, I, I go to 
all I've almost all my meetings are dog friendly in San Francisco, but like my home group on Wednesday night, everybody brings their dogs. And like, I feel like I know the dogs. And so now when we're on zoom meetings, I'm like, I miss you guys, but I miss your dogs. More. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I really miss getting to see people's animals and everything. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys do like before all this went down, did you, did you guys used to do like clean and sober retreats together or anything like that? Is we do conventions together. Um, we've done a couple of retreats, like the camp out. Yeah. And, like we spoke at a couple things mm -hmm. together. Um, I mean, there's both, right? We do some things together like mm -hmm. camp outs and, and trips, but then we also have like our women's and our men's trips. Yeah. So um, I, use, I used to go to a women's retreat every year and he goes to a men's retreat. Yeah, men's retreat in Oregon. You know, we, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. It really is. You know, we, I've only been to it once. And so I'm looking forward to it again, but they cancel it this year. Because, yeah. you know, it's really a bummer. And even like the softball things, they're kind of like retreats because everybody goes. Mm -hmm. So I go if it's at a cool place. Uh, <laughs> I don't play because of my foot, but I go and, you know, socialize and we mm -hmm. go to dinner and all that. But um, yeah, whenever there's opportunity, we try to engage in like the camp outs and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I hate camping, by the way. Oh, I hate camping too. I yeah. just can't say she is a camping machine. Yeah. Really? A machine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's got all the little camping things, the little stoves and the coffee pots. Oh my the whole God. nine yards. Yeah. See, I'm useless. Like I mean, I don't know how to cook. Like I don't want to be away from like a bathroom and some tweezers. <laughs> like, I'm so like, like, like I'll go up. There's a bed that's indoors and a bathroom that's just for me. <laughs> you know? yeah. Doug doesn't want to camp because he camped in San Francisco in the Tenderloin for Years. Yeah. Many years, yeah. unwillingly. <laughs> Imagine how that area is right now. I totally want to drive. I have a sponsee who lives there. I don't, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you're okay. She's like, I went outside and took a walk. And when she says that, I'd, like, I don't want to prevent her from walking because that's great and you should go outdoors. But I'm just going, you walked in that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nasty. It is. We have two, one of my sponsees and one of our, like, friends that's mostly family that live alone and they're like part of our quarantine. So they come, they live alone and they're totally isolated. So they come over like uh, on the weekends or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important too, like for the people that are alone to try to include them. I think, oh, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's much harder. I think for people completely isolated. Right. And we were talking earlier about service and being a service junkie. And I'm wondering what's going on with H&I right now. So like, are all those people not getting meetings? Mm -mm. No. Nope. Everything's locked down. Like the jails, people aren't even getting in or out, I hear. Yeah, I think. Oh, I think, that God. Yeah, it's tough, man. We, we have a thing out here um, that, that we both are involved in called working the steps with inmates. And so a lot of the. Uh, the the communication and and the steps and all that stuff is done through mail, and it's really kind of a neat thing, and and that's really taken off with this whole thing going on. Like, uh, I'm I'm working with three different guys in three different penitentiaries, and it's really really neat, you know, to do that and be able to do that. So there are the actual there are, mail. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, called working the steps with inmates through H and I. It's an H and I uh, program, and that's it's just so amazing. cool. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, yeah only in a couple counties. Yeah. It's 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 here and in Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been it's, it's been, big. Yeah, it's a big deal. Wow, that's really mm -hmm. cool. I mean, that's I think how they probably did it back when the program started. You know, I mean, because there was no other way to do it. 
Right. So right. They did a lot of things through mail. Like I had no idea that was even a thing. And like, you know, hospitals and rehabs, they're not having meetings brought in, I take it? Mm-hmm. No. Nope. I don't yeah. know a lot about, you know, how these, how the rehabs are, are doing it. I don't know if they're shut down or how they're that's going They're allowing on, you know? some people, but they've had reduced amount. Like uh, the people that were already in are allowed to be come, stay. Mm-hmm. And then they're only letting people in after they've tested them or dead their temperature. Mm-hmm. So they've opened it up slowly. But um, yeah, it's got to be bleak. Right. I mean, like keeping it kind of like the grocery stores, how they only let a certain amount of people in at a yeah. time for safety yeah. reasons because people yeah. huddle. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that with treatment centers. I mean, I know people, I know there's still people going to treatment. I just didn't know, you know, what the situation looked like in there. I think too, like some of the like outpatients or whatever might be doing online meetings, the Zooms mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm not really sure, but I, I know like a lot of, um, different things are that would normally be done in person are happening through online. Right. That's not the same, you know, not the same at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. when you're a newcomer. Like I wouldn't, I, I would have done everything. Like every trick in the book to have done that and still did what I was doing before. Yeah. Probably not the best time to get clean. No, very tough. Huh? I know. I know. And like my hats are off to people who do, you know, every time I go to a meeting, there's somebody in there with, you know, six days or 15 days, yeah. or 20 days. And it's like, wow. Like, I mean, I guess when you, when you really make up your mind to stop though, you know, and you're willing to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that as well. You know, you, when, when you're done, you're done, but it, the disease of addiction, at least in my life, you know, tells me stories, you know, wants to get in my head and tell me, you uh, a, uh, you know, you can't stay clean. You know, you don't have the tools. They're not available to you. It's easy for me to to make a case about why taking something might be okay. I, I got that coming because you guys ain't taking care of me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a real tricky uh, place. You know, it's a real unsafe place. That's why the Petri dish analogy sounds, you know, very accurate because it is. It's a, it's a Petri dish for the disease of addiction. And how do you get out of that Petri dish is by staying active and, and, and making phone calls and, uh, you know, reading the just for today and, and, and staying, staying connected to those that you can stay connected to. And not being to. alone. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, pe- the people with mental health in addition or dual diagnosis, they're just, you know, more set up for hurdles or roadblocks because, you know, we're our own worst enemies alone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They're seeing a lot of, you know, increase in uh, domestic violence and suicide and all that from just people being on lockdown. If I'm alone, I'm with the last person I got loaded with. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never heard that. That is so good. I've heard like an addict alone is in, is in bad company or like, you know, if you're an addict and you're alone in your head, you're in a bad neighborhood. But I've never heard of I'm alone. I'm with the last person. That's really Yeah, good. he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She is too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So what else are you guys doing? Um, is there anything that, that you do besides uh, what everybody knows of in recovery and what we've talked about to stay clean or to help each other? Uh, for me, I stay grateful. You know, even though it's a, uh, it's easy to uh, get to a place, at least, you know, and this I'm speaking for myself, it's easy to get to a place where, uh, the, the word should comes into my vocabulary too much. I think things should be a certain way, should be this, should be that. If I stay grateful, you know, we, there's a lot to be grateful for in this We're quarantine. Blessed. We are, you we're know. We're so blessed. 
Right. We've, we've got a lot of good people and a lot of good things in our life. Um, we're okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, if, and like when I stay in a place of gratitude, it's, uh, I think I talked about it last time I was on the show. Uh, I, I try to stay enthusiastic and enthusiasm. I've learned from this guy in New York talked about enthusiasm being gratitude in its purest form. And it is, and it's, and, and you can stay enthusiastic. You can get outside and take a walk and take a breath of fresh air. We got into this. I, I am not a garden plant guy. And now I'm, a, I'm into this whole gardening trip. You know, my wife is uh, all about that. And so I'm learning that, you know, and it's really neat to see uh, the flowers and, and uh, just, it's so much different than in the disease. When I'm in the disease, I can't see, you know, the forest because the trees are in the way type of analogy, you know, I can't uh -huh. see it. And so I try to pay attention to that. We do a good job with that. It's also about, you know, because like you're saying, the gratitude, but like slowing down to smell the flowers, right? Like normally life is so busy for us with kids and family and recovery and work. Like, you know, so I'm grateful, right? I mean, I'm really grateful for the simpler life, but to have time to do these things we've wanted to do and to be able to do them together and, you know, just look at the positive. But also we're so blessed. We, you know, he's on disability. I still have my job. We have money coming in the door. We have, you know, a great place, a great environment, mm -hmm. all that. So it's easy to stay grateful. But I'm sure people that are, how am I going to pay my next house payment? Mm -hmm. How am I going to feed my kids? You know, it's easy for us to say, stay grateful. I think there's a lot of fear and other stuff going on with other people that, you know, um, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Absolutely. I know I'm, I have, um, like I make sure to, that I'm always friends with several people, uh, women with like a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and cause, and I'm like, I, I need to stay grateful. And then they send me gratitude lists night mm -hmm. and that's yeah. when I send it back, you know? And it's like, there's been a couple times, like they didn't send it. I didn't send one, you know, I just, I won't do it <laughs> if I'm not provoked to do it. But yeah, it's so important for me to be forced to do that. Like that's gotta be one of my chores. I don't want to call it a chore. But some, you know, for honestly, though, some days it is like some days I'm yeah. really having to sit there like, you know, I don't want to say I'm grateful for law and order that I've just watched 18 episodes of in one day, <laughs> like, you know, but sometimes that just has to go internet. on a list. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, exactly. The other thing is sponsees. Like mm -hmm. if I didn't have my sponsees, you know, they're a handful and insanity and all that stuff, but they're, they're keeping me accountable. Yeah. So I have to keep in touch with them and they're not all in such great places. So that helps me, you know, by giving back, it helps me stay clean mm -hmm. and keep yeah. me in Yeah, it took me, it took me a while. Like I have four and a half years. But it took me a long time to, to figure that part out is that it's the sponsee is helping me. And like, once I yeah. did, it's like, it's so weird how they call when I'm going through hell and don't want to answer the phone. Yeah. It's so yeah. weird. Right. It's yeah. so weird how when I get off the phone, I feel better. Yeah. Like my sponsor always says, she goes, whenever I get off the phone with you, kiddo, my husband gets a lot more attractive. And I'm like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, it's like, they, yeah, they really do help us. I think that's, that's the cool thing. And I'm thinking, you know, I probably maybe since you guys talked about like the, the writing, the inmates and all of that, like next time I see uh, a newcomer in a meeting, maybe trying to sponsor someone from afar. I just, yeah, it seems hard. It just seems impossible. But I mean, people are doing it. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I really think about seeing a lot of the people that live in remote areas come into our meetings and, you know, they don't have 
recovery like we have recovery here in the Bay Area with all the people with clean time and stuff. So I think um, making those connections and continuing those connections after this time it would is like another positive that can come out of this. Yeah, absolutely. I just can't wait till till there's a time where we can all, you know, safely get together and reconvene, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I know, me too. Well, this has been really great having you guys on the show. And I just want to thank you so much. The first actual, like, it's first couple to be on Radio Rehab, you know, two recovering people. So it's an honor. And I'm really glad it was you guys because you guys have been really great to talk to. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with the rest of us. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Char. Bye. Big thanks to Doug and Kim for being on the show and for doing such an awesome job. I can't wait to talk to them again in the future and to actually see them in person when quarantine is over. And thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to contact us, it's Radio Rehab at GoTo Productions. That's G-O-T-O Productions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511, even when we're not in studio. On all the socials, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.